Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a podcast that used to be about books. I am your host, Alex Falcone, recording in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. Our show is funded, as always, uh, by sponsors like today, but also by our fabulous Meat Buddies who throw away their hard-earned money on our Patreon campaign and keep us limping down the tracks. If you hate money, you can join them by going to metreon.com and becoming a meat buddy, and we really appreciate everybody who supports our show. Let me introduce you to our panel for today. First up, joining us in Southeast Portland is Mr. Anthony Lopez. Great. Hey, buddy. Welcome back. Hey, excited to be here. Um, you know, if you are looking forward to ways to like, burn money, we're definitely better than certain things like, let's say, Quibi. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like you'll give us money. We've definitely ran longer than they have. If anybody wants to give us $1.7 billion, I think we could do a little better. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Let me ask a question, Alex. If you took $1.7 billion in ones and set it on fire six months ago, <laughs> would it have burned longer than uh, I would say it? if you filmed that yeah. and put it on YouTube, you would have more views. Oh, for sure. But would the fire still be raging <laughs> for like another few weeks at least, you know? I it, I mean, if they're all in one pile, it might get too hot. But if you like laid them a lot on a, like a path and let it burn mm. horizontally, you'd probably still be going. Yeah, yeah. You could be just dumping $1 million a week and it'd be lasting longer. You know, it's unbelievable and i know a couple of people who got jobs with them and so i am sad for those people but um as oh, also i did not get the jobs i applied for with them and so fuck them i hope it burns well always with things like this i think if you you know live in the area uh where quibi had offices it's always good to go and like get some really cheap office chairs yeah this they're is gonna the be time yeah if you live in San i'm gonna get one of those um What's the cool? What's the chair that everybody had in the, the Eames chair? Chair? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna get them. This is time for I get my Eames chairs for real cheap. That'd be so funny if people just had Eames chairs for office chairs and like a regular run of the mill insurance company. They, they spared no expense at Quibi. That's how they both yeah. made that much money. Oh I thought God. the whole point of that was to not pay full union dues, so they were also sparing some money. I feel. I feel like CISO should come back now just out of principle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I miss, what was it? What was the Verizon only one? Was it Go90? Oh, yeah, Go90, yeah. I miss Go90. That's where I think the money was. I mean, CISO did have a longer run. I'm curious if Go90 right, exactly. did. Uh, but yeah, what a, it's hard to be funny on days like this, you know? It's very <laughs> sad. Uh, but I'll, well, I think I'll, we've talked. I'll push through. I, I think it. we've talked about it exactly the right amount of time for them. They would love this. We gave them one quibby of silence. Uh, a quibby, a quibby of silence for all our friends in Hollywood who have to get new jobs. That's so funny. They literally lasted a quibby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so, yeah, um, that was maybe that was the plan the whole time. It was like yeah, we were. So meta. We just want to be here for a little bit. Yeah, my um, manager went to go meet with them like a, a while ago. Probably, you know a year ago or something and they described themselves as being hbo in the 90s they're like yeah man we're like hbo in the 90s and matt and i were both like wait hbo wasn't like a big deal (laughs) (laughs) you mean a lot of untapped potential yeah exactly it's like oh you didn't have sopranos yet like what 
What's no, even? Giving, oh yeah, you, we'll give you, you were that network that only my rich friends had heard of. <laughs> we're giving you earless in seven minutes chunks. Deal with it. <laughs> well, okay, but but so okay, so we are three connected media people. Did either of you watch an episode of a Quibi show? Absolutely not. No, I didn't download the app. Uh, did not down didn't touch it nope even to make fun of it i couldn't bring myself to download the app and take the free trial so well and they not i mean speaking of just the genius of their you know like uh product line is the fact that they made it so difficult for you to see or share yes like yeah (laughs) yeah i literally have never seen a quibi because they made it impossible for you to see a quibi without downloading the stupid app that's, I mean, that, yeah, it, that's by far the bigger flaw than the short series or the, um, or the weird aspect ratios or whatever. The thing that made them stupid was that you couldn't tell anybody else you were watching yeah. something. They apparently have a show, uh, starring multiple Emmy winner from Marvelous Miss Maisel with a golden arm that she gets addicted <laughs> to. And I haven't seen it because it's impossible to see. So. Yeah, imagine. Imagine if the Mandalorian existed, but no one had ever seen a screenshot of Baby Yoda. <laughs> like, where was the sh- where would the show be? Point. That's a really yeah. good point. There was no way yeah, to I... promote it because it just yeah. was barely available. And you couldn't clip it. Disabled. Watch us on your phone. Congratulations! It's like an insane concept for a network. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I mean, to be fair, like. I know we are going to be talking about this for more than a quibby here, but to be fair, yeah, we were then, just we're pushing up against this. We might have to pay union rate again. We've all been so busy and had very little free time the last six months that they've been around uh, that I just haven't had time to watch quick content. You know, I know. it's just I know. I'm just been the world is everything's going so great. I'm not home ever. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I the the funniest thing to me about the Quibi news today was that um, before I saw the uh, like a news tweet about it, I just saw two different people make jokes about it, and it was the first time I'd heard two people mention Quibi since the launch date. And I was like, oh, I bet they're shutting down. That's mm. so funny. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> this is suspicious. All right. Yeah. So that's Anthony. Let me introduce you to the rest of our panel today. So um, Hunter is out sick and or busy. Oh. And so, uh, but we, we're rounding out the panel today. We have a very special guest requested by our sponsor today at Phoebe Bottoms on Twitter somewhere in Storm Racked, Minnesota. Please welcome back Phoebe Bottoms. Hi, everybody. I'm going to put on my resume for the rest of my life that I was requested for an episode by a meathead. Or a meat buddy. I thought you were about to say that you had a show on Quibi because no one would be able to find out if you're lying. <laughs> That's a fucking good idea, dude. <laughs> I'm I am Quibi. I was once Quibi and always will be Quibi. Yeah. Um, I so I will say that um, when when I was com- communicating with you that my understanding originally had been that um, more that Shannon just enjoys you than thought this was a perfect movie for you. But rereading it, she said she thinks you would enjoy it. So I hope you do, because otherwise you've really let Shannon down. So don't. I'm really glad you clarified that for me going into it, because that will really uh, that that gives me, like I don't want to disappoint my one public member. So. It's a different. Yeah, it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah, Somebody likes listen. you so much they paid somebody else money you know <laughs> like that's that is 
beautiful. Somebody who was already paying someone else money asked you to join them in that pool of money. Oh, it, this is truly one of my peaks, and I'm so appreciative <laughs> of it. I truly am. And I, I really like the... It's hard for me to believe that anyone's ever thinking about me. Like, I am Schrodinger's cat to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anyone remembers who I am. So to have, like, you know, a goodly citizen listen to this mm-hmm. program and be like, hey, remember that idiot who talked about a, an elk book of erotic fiction? I want her to watch Spader and tell me what she thinks. Like, that's very sweet. I think you do have some early 90s cred, though. That's certainly been a thing that you liked. That's true. And I will bring that up in the episode. There's so much of it. Before we talk about the movie, though, we're going to take... Constantly, when you're on, reference all your Stogate tattoos you have. I mean... Yeah, that's true. It's mostly Stogate Atlantis you talk about, but uh, I... Well, while this is a joke, understand that at any given moment, I am about three feet away from getting a Richard Kind tattoo. So <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. You could make that assumption. Absolutely believable. Um, all right. Before we talk about this movie, though, we're going to take a brief detour and see what check in with each other. What else has been going on besides um, shitting on Quibi uh, in the segment? What else have you been watching this week? So, Anthony, it's been a couple weeks. We've missed you. But what have you been watching besides homework? Uh, I actually would like to just kind of go off something Phoebe just said there about um, Richard Kind. Have you mm-hmm. seen what Colin Farrell looks like in the new Batman movie? No. Uh, you should Google. He looks. Doing it now. He's in crazy prosthetics and he looks exactly oh. like Richard Kind. Oh. How did Richard <laughs> Kind not book this job? I have been thinking of every time I think of him, I think like. Why would they pay Colin Farrell to look like Richard Kind when Richard Kind? That's Kine, so you know, funny. They really did. Right I, in fact, someone else had sort of posted a side by side. Yeah, it's like other people. I'm not the first person to mention this, but ever since it's got out, it's like they made went through so much work every day of shooting that movie, putting on crazy prosthetics to make this beautiful man look like the other beautiful man, Richard Kind, and it's just <laughs> differently beautiful. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's also just crazy that you would pay because there's so many people who would be cheaper than Colin Farrell if he's going to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't need him to be hot, like if the whole point is you're covering up a, somebody in ugly makeup, just hire an ugly dude, you guys. <laughs> well, this is the thing that bugs me about Hollywood. Like he's, it's like eight steps. He has to not use his accent and he also has to look like Richard Kind. You know who doesn't sound Irish? Richard Kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Like, just, here, as far as I'm concerned, they're just burying this expensive actor to they, make him look like just a cheap I, anybody actor. I guess he's playing like Hi. the penguin. Yeah. So the director was like, "Okay, for my interpretation of the penguin, I want Richard Kind with an Irish accent. How can we make that happen?" <laughs> and they had to either go, "We can get Colin Farrell and put him in makeup," or we can have Richard Kind like adopt an Irish accent. It's actually probably less work to do the makeup yeah. than to get a dialect coach. It's like cheaper. Uh, I just, I, I have like one thing on my bucket list, which is to see Richard Kind get punched in the face by Batman. I don't know why. It's just a, a thing of mine. No. Uh, what I mean, in like a movie, like and like not. I don't want to see the act, the person. I want to see a great dramatic scene when he's fighting Batman on top of an amusement park, you know, right? <laughs> 
Uh, so in all right. Did I ever tell you guys about the one chance I got to tell Richard Kind how much I loved him? No. So here's a quick detour. So I was in a serious man, and they there was one day at lunch when we were all under the craft tent, and uh-huh. I was eating some meat off of. What a- were you doing in a serious man? Well, I got. <laughs> No, oh, that sounds so much meaner than I meant. I just because I know of you as a puppet person, I was trying to remember what puppets were in a serious man. Puppets. I was a human being. I mean, I myself. You were you were yourself. Oh, great, great. That makes so much more sense. What were you doing? No, I. (laughs) Like it took me so long to process. Like, who let you in public? Definitely not what I meant. I was just trying. It was more like I was trying to picture like some like like a Muppet camel, like in this movie that was in a serious man that you were, you worked on or something, but no. Okay. Anyway, I'm so sorry. No, it's totally fine. So I, here's the backstory of it. So I made it to the very, very last rounds of auditions for the sister in the movie. But Mm -hmm. what happened was there was a whole side plot that they didn't use where she's stealing money from her dad to get a nose job because she's too Jewish looking. And Uh I wasn't cool enough for it like i didn't didn't look enough like richard kind to get the part so anyway i was put in a couple interesting what a what a mixed uh what a mixed response to get how do you process that it was they couldn't have they couldn't have pulled a colin farrell on you and put you into like a big prosthetic you know face oh man that's probably offensive if it had happened yeah i mean but the also the girl that did it she like looked perfect so it's fine. I get it. And I still got, they were like, oh, but, you know, we'll still put you in the video. So I'm in like, I'm in a couple scenes as background. And it was a uh-huh. bunch of fun. But anyway, we're on set. I'm eating some lunch. Best catered meal of any shoot oh. I've ever been on, which makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. The Coen so, Brothers. That, that, that I always, whenever I watch Coen Brothers movies, I look at the actors and I think, like, like these, these guys seem well fed. They seem happy. They look like they're eating. <laughs> yeah, you can tell they're eating good. That's how you get a good performance out of somebody. Yeah. Like a lot of levity, a lot of, you know. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica McManus yeah. is who you you had to had to lose to. Yes, and she was wonderful. So, yeah. I didn't. You know Tanya Harding, her, but with my neck. just just to take a um, just like a crowbar to her neck yeah, or to her yeah. nose at some point. Um. So anyway, I look out on the lawn and I see Richard Kind standing by himself, sort of near the mm-hmm. street. And I was, <laughs> he was like walking, he was starting to walk away, and I just go, "I love you," because I choked and I didn't know what else to say. And he looked at me smiled as Richard kind smile and was and gave a little wave and I was like, I don't know anything else in the time <laughs> for that. And you didn't get fired for that. No, not at all. I mean, you they know that there's one thing that people love on set, it's when you yell at the stars. I mean You think Richard Kind doesn't get that every day? At least someone just yells I love you at him. Just I like, just imagine, oh, yeah, but if it's somebody he's working with he's like, fire that girl. Don't let him talk to us. What is she doing here? It, I'm so offended that that's what you think Richard Kind's response. <laughs> I think they, he has to be. It's in his name, Alex. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay, so Anthony. I'm a diva. Anthony, tell me, what else have you watched this week? Uh, we can just do that as a segment. I'm a good enough. I I just okay. want to uh, say, if I ever get a chance to interview any actor, my first question is going to be, what are you doing in this? <laughs> I genuinely meant it in a good way, in like a cool way. All right. Um, Phoebe, what else have you been watching this week? Did we talk about Twin Peaks already last time? Uh, I think you, I maybe you were starting it. I started it. Well, guess what, everybody? I finished <laughs> it. You did it. Hell yeah. It, uh, I hope. Unbelievable. The Return is one of the best, like, I, I would even classify it as a feature-length movie. Thank you. I, I literally say this almost every other episode. Twin <laughs> Peaks The Return was the best film of 2017. I literally yeah. say that all the time. <laughs> Without question, look, man, we're on the same page. I respect you as a peer and a colleague. And this is like, I've talked to people, friends, I thought, that had opinions of some variety that weren't disgusting, who were like, like, and then you watch it, you're like, what the fuck? How how could anybody feel anything other than complete awe over Mm -hmm. this right now? I would watch. 18 straight more hours of Dougie Jones yeah. before a movie that's half recommended to me. <laughs> I just fucking love it so much. I'm so in love with Kyle McLaughlin. It's disgusting. Yeah. He's in, I can't I mean, contribute as much to the discussion of this show proper, but I can talk about this thing that happens where somebody recommends something and then I file it away and then I hear a second recommendation and I'm like, I really should watch that. People are talking about it even if it's the same person. And I'm feeling that with you and Twin Peaks right now, which is like, you recommended it, and then like a month later you came back and you're like, you know, it's great, Twin Peaks. And I'm like, yeah. man, people are talking about Twin you, Peaks everywhere I go. You know how... Uh, Alex, you, you and Megan do that like lunchtime watch a hour of a documentary, right? I, think- I Well, that's a very generous lunch. We take 15 minutes to watch a documentary. Oh. Okay, so then maybe not watching Twin Peaks that way, but like... It would be tough. A slow r- ride of Twin Peaks is a great way to do it. I, if you I would to- love to. I think I think it would be fun to watch that with her. Yeah, we. She she has my my wife takes conservative lunch breaks. I will say Twin Peaks is phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, the return I'm is convinced. the return is great. Like I understand if people don't like it because it is like a very different tone than the original. Like the people who really wanted more Twin Peaks. Like, it doesn't really do that. It's much more like fire. Wait, if you wanted Twin Peaks to return, this doesn't do that. Yeah, well, it's just a very different tone. Like, it's uh, it's way more like the movie than it is like the original uh, series. But I really enjoyed what it was going for. And yeah, episode oh, eight, huh? So uh, Dude, that episode is one- phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, fucking Firewalk with me, I think might be my favorite movie of his, even as a standalone. Like Firewalk with me and then The Return, like those two. And I I love the original series, but it's very spotty. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a couple episodes where I, Yeah. And I loved season two. I know a lot of people like are down on it and there's stuff towards the end that i'm like yeah fuck this but yeah um but yeah the return is the third i'm going to try to be as cryptic as possible the third to last episode is one of the best single episodes of television i've ever seen and Mm -hmm. 
there's a fact that I found out about the very last moment that I can't stop thinking about. Do you fuck? I feel like I can't say this, although it's not really a spoiler. Can mm-hmm. I try it and then we'll cut it out? Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. The woman who opens the door to the house. Oh, yeah, I know what you're gonna say, yeah. The actual woman who lives in the house. Mm-hmm. Which is wow! I cannot believe you would dare say something like that on my podcast. Do you not respect our listeners? The people are voting for they. They ask for you on the show, and then you would say something as crazy as the woman who opened the door owns the house. I just don't know how you could think that was fine. It's look, Alex. Let's let's maintain some sense of professionalism here. Heated <laughs> video discussions, but. If you, I feel like that should be enough incentive for you to go and watch it. I don't think I spoiled anything, but, no, but Anthony, I, saying, right? Like, that's yeah. the actual end of the thing. It's like, oh, that's where they are. That's what's mm. happened. Fucking brilliant. And there's no way to like watch the show enough times to get that information. He's just like, here you go. I guess if you want this, you, you look for it. Here's. But there's no answers. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's the return so- is it's just such 18 hours of like unfiltered Lynch. It is like yeah. it to me. It's just it's the one TV show I think I've seen because especially since TV has gotten so sophisticated and pretentious or whatever that is like impossible to ever guess what was going to happen next or where an episode would end. Like the way he just played with the format and would do these wild things. I always think about. There's a uh, a random woman in a car who's screaming with a sick child that comes out yeah. of nowhere. Like it's just stuff like that. It's just so surprising. Like that thing that Lynch does so well. Um, yeah, I love it. I I'm totally with you. It's it's an incredible well, work. I'm gonna I'm gonna go from that to mine. Having no idea what you guys are talking about, but what it does remind me of the transition here um, is about. I guess about spoilers and about knowing what's happening. So I do want to talk about the um, Vietnam documentary, but um, I have a more topical thing. So I'll come back to that later, but um, so I just want to talk about another my, week. I just, we'll get to it. But um, the, uh, so I, I mentioned before, I've talked about this before that my wife and I watch one spooky movie a year on Halloween and I don't enjoy it, but um, my wife has been in a spookier mood than usual. And I have no uh. idea why nothing going on that could explain it. And so she talked me to watching another spooky movie last week. What were you saying, Phoebe? A complaint that a husband makes in like 1953. <laughs> <laughs> Spookier than normal, and we're having to watch some spooky movies. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to send it back to analysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a few more uh, yeah. in the chair should help, I think. <laughs> Look, I I just feel like maybe the apocalypse uh, that's going on around us all the time has made her more okay with horror movies. But um, so we watched um, Cabin in the Woods. It's so this good. weekend. Yeah, and here's the thing: I didn't know. I'm not going to spoil anything about it for anybody at home. It's just a regular cabin in a wooded area. That's all you need to know. Um, but I uh, I knew nothing about it. I knew I knew that. I heard a lot of people say they liked it and I knew knew zero things. And that is a movie that has some surprises in it. That takes you some directions and to have a movie, not just unspoiled in the surprises specifically, but just to have no, just to go into a movie completely blind. All I know is that there's a cabin and there are some woods and that people like this movie. 
I had no idea what to expect. And it was such a fun ride. It's such a bonkers way to go. That's how I saw it too. And it was so, so gratifying. Also on my Phoebe Bottoms power ranking of Richards, Richard Jenkins also in that movie. And he's top three Richards easily. Oh yeah, definitely. Interesting. Wait. So if it's, if he's top three with Richard, who's the third? Oh, hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me pull up my list of best Richards that I have. This is definitely, yeah, definitely not here. This is just what I was going to say. Fuck you. Um, I don't. What are the Richards uh, are there? Nixon? <laughs> Tricky Dick. My three. Fryer? <laughs> he's top 10, but he's not top three. <laughs> Keith Richards? No, that doesn't count. You can't just throw out Richard. Oh, I like a slant rhyme like you know that. I, I think it should be Richard Reeds from the Fantastic Four is your number three. He's the third best Richard. He can stretch. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do uh King Richard. King? <laughs> Which one? Wait, aren't there a bu- aren't there more of them? Richard the third. Oh, the third, okay. So <laughs> coming into number three, King Richard the <laughs> third. It's in his name. It makes sense. It's, you had to see that coming. All right. So let's talk about, we have so much to discuss about this week's movie. So well, this week I, we were talking about. Can I say one more thing? Kind of backing yeah. off what you were both talking about with Cabin in the Woods is yeah. something I think is really interesting is those movies that society kind of decides not to spoil for people. Like there's a, there's certain films that people just like, like don't openly talk about the kind of things that happen because everyone kind of has the feeling like, yeah, you should definitely go into that blind. Like the less, you know, the better it is. Yeah. Sort of the, the opposite of I see dead people yeah. as a society where it's like, I've not seen that movie, but I think thousands of people have told me what the secret twist of that movie is. You've never, but I mean, Cab- Cabin in the Woods is like a twist within the first three minutes, and then it kind of yeah, yeah. It's not like yeah, it's not that kind of a twist. Although you still, it's it like unfurls slowly, yeah. but still, it's just it's it is just awesome that no one. So that's why I don't want to I don't want to do anything more even talking about it. Besides, just like it is not what I expected. And but real fast, you saying you've never seen The Sixth Sense? No, never have. Should, it's dude, because I've been spoiled a thousand it, times, and no one has suggested. It, you know what you should do is see the whole thing. It's a movie that works without it. Yeah, it uh, it's actually more fun to watch with it. Yeah, I would really. Yeah, it's kind of like doing a rewatch on a movie with good rewatch value without having to sit through it twice. It's just a well made movie. Like, uh, is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it is. I watched it for the first time like two months ago, and oh, okay, like the middle of the afternoon, and I cried. It's very, very good. And I don't think Emma Hamlin is a fucking fraud, but (laughs) I mean, his first—he had a few good. Fraud is such a good insult for him. He had a few good movies, and then he just coasted for a decade now. Uh, What he does is coasting. He just he flails. I, I'm interested. Okay, maybe I'll see this. And also, I want to. I do. I guess I do want to see anything in the um, sense and sensibility universe. Yeah. Tony Collette is uh, very, very good in it. Uh, yeah, okay. six all right. It's a all right. It's a slow ghost story. It's fun. It's yeah. Amazing. See, but I... again, no one has problems saying that it's a ghost story. It's well, just like no, we're I clear. Mean, it's before the twist. It's a ghost story the entire time. From yeah. the right. first few minutes, you know you're in a ghost story amazing also 
so quickly after a Tony Collette thing, speaking of movies I just watched, Muriel's Wedding. Get on this train. <laughs> I, I, I know. I've never seen this train. I don't know anything about this train. I what is Muriel's think- Wedding Train? It's like one of her first movies. She it's an Australian movie. She's like, you know, a baby and she's like this chubby little Tony Collette. And it is so funny and heartbreaking. Hmm. And I, I don't I don't want to say much about it, but everyone will love this movie. It is a fully lovable, fantastic movie. So what you're interesting what you're saying is make sure you uh OSVP. <laughs> It's oh, a wedding movie. I get that joke. You know what? Never have I podcasted with a more delightful co-host. <laughs> you know what you do? You see what's on the table and you take it and you do the best that anyone could do with it. Yeah, RSVP to Muriel's wedding. I All right. Yeah, you you know some, some critic pit, like that was on a VHS somewhere else. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say it. Yeah. What if well, it, um, I look it up? What if that is the tagline? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one hundred dollars, and I think I have fifty dollars right now. I don't know yeah. why you'd give me money if you were right about that tagline. I'm um, giving Anthony the money. Oh, cool. <laughs> we'll still, okay. Anyway, we got to move on because we have uh, we have so much movie to talk about. One of the things that um, when I was texting with Phoebe about this before we started today um, that we agreed on was that there that this movie fits a lot of movie into two hours. So we have a lot to talk about. So our topic this week is the 1994 film Stargate. Directed by Roland Emmerich, written by Roland and Dean Devlin, and starring Kurt Russell, James Spader, Richard Kind, and Egypt. This is a sponsored episode. Uh, that's right. You can exchange your hard-earned money for our time uh, at, at pretty much any time. And this week, the person making that exchange, that generous exchange, is Shannon, who, Anthony, you will recall as have the person who sponsored our epic water balloon fight uh, around this time last year, or oh. a little before this time last year. Yeah, that was fun. At the end of the summer of fun, that was Shannon's idea, and um, this is another one that, like, from Shannon's heart, as a genu- genuine gift uh, that <laughs> that she believes we will enjoy as an undervalued uh, space franchise. So Shannon says this a year or so ago. I stumbled upon the Stargate franchise. A friend at work was continuously recommending it to me. Side note, just like I'm saying, even if it's the same person twice, it's just you have to recommend everything twice. You're no so one believes the first. <laughs> it's like it's like if somebody is like yells fire in a theater or whatever it's not the first person no one leaves the second person everyone's like oh shit we gotta get out of here alex runs on uh will ferrell from the austin powers trilogy uh rules where you have to ask him everything three times and he has to answer on the third time uh <laughs> i don't yeah. remember that at all but yeah, yeah just like that you have to tell him everything three times uh, so Shannon said, I, I never had time before, but luckily I saw it on Amazon Prime not too long back and started watching. And she's enjoyed the whole series. She likes the shows, and, but wanted us to start at the beginning and see if we would enjoy it as well. So she sent us on to Stargate 1994. Um, I mean, what a if you are looking for like a sci-fi franchise to get into, there is so much Stargate. Uh, well, if, so- you, if you are looking for something with a long back catalog to uh, dive into during this time so well i so tell me more about this do you know um what is your experience level um about uh, with this movie before this or with this 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 whole franchise oh, i mean i just i i've i've seen the movie 
And Stargate has just been a show that is one of those, you know, the shows you almost feel bad for not watching because you just see ads for them all the time. Like the Stargate just had what, had like what, six different shows, five different shows and a movie. Uh, So many. Yeah. uh, It ran, like it's ran for like almost a plus a decade. Uh, Huh. Yeah. Stargate has been a, a big franchise. I've never seen anything past the movie. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Jason Momoa started on Stargate Atlantis. The, oh, uh, no. I didn't. That was great. That was his first I would, thing. I don't, I don't, I mean, I've heard, like, Stargate Atlantis, knowing nothing about it, is, like, a fascinating title for something. Yeah, so there is Stargate the movie, Stargate, and then in TV shows, there's Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, uh, the Ark of Truth, Conundrum, and the Children of the Gods, which I think are three different movies. Uh, and then wow. Stargate Origins and Stargate Infinity. Man, they took this idea of a gate and really ran with it. Well, I mean, it's a it's a an endless idea. It's a gate. It can take you anywhere. That's true. It could go. You, you, any seven symbols will take yeah. you somewhere in the known universe. Go to Hang uh, out. With my favorite one is uh, Stargate California Highway Patrol. <laughs> Stargate Chips. <laughs> Stargate Chips, for sure. Um, all right. So for those of you who have not seen any of this franchise, or at least not seen this movie, I'm going to give you my patented summary of it. I did get a co- I've had a couple comments over the last few months of people saying that the three-sentence summary, although enjoyable to some, is maybe just a tiny bit too little context for people who have not actually seen it. So I'm going to take a test run today. Let me know how you feel about this, guys. I'm going to try a five-sentence summary, um, which will actually probably be about the same length, but with fewer comma splices. Mm -hmm. So here is my patented five-sentence summary of the movie Stargate from 1994. The government has a secret project to activate a Stargate they found just lying around in Egypt, and with the help of a linguistics genius and future correspondent of the show, Ancient Aliens, James Spader, they are able to do it. They boot it up, get a giant goo circle that they assume is a gate to another dimension or part of the universe. And with no thought or preparation, just walk through carrying guns. The uh, gunny boys find a planet that looks a whole lot like ancient Egypt, including sand, a pyramid and a subjugated race. They are completely unimpressed with discovering everything for the very first time. And they mostly just point guns at people at the space. People feed them candy, take a single photograph, kiss them, teach them to smoke, probably give them a million diseases that'll wipe them out in a month and figure out that the alien overlords who look like Egyptian gods are actually just people with big hats and no tummy armor. The gun boys and the nerd lead an uprising of the space people shoot the overlords in their unprotected tummies. And like you do in any Roland Emmerich film, nuke the god of the sun (laughs) and that's the movie i I think you could sum this plot up a lot easier like the main plot of this movie and like definitely the main theme is that no matter how advanced your technology no matter how old and powerful you are as an ancient being no matter how many servants you had you are no match for four white americans uh, <laughs> if someone's got guns and they're, they're there to spread democracy, they're going to get you. Yeah, I mean, this this is a movie that has a few different plots, I guess, going. It has that. It has Kurt Russell's story arc of learning to be okay with kids having guns again. Uh, he has to go on that emotional journey. Uh, <laughs> that is a, such a weird yeah, thing. That's so funny. I mean, that's literally um, his character. Oh, so true. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. is. I thought he was going to take that kid with him. 
But no, instead, he was just, you can keep this gun. Yeah, well, yep. give a kid a gun. What else do they need? <laughs> this well, and he, yeah, he gives them. He like his he's learning to overcome his fear of gun accidents. Like that is a weird plot arc for a character. That is a weird thing to decide that his main thing is he needs to just get just start to feel comfortable with kids having guns. Well, I mean, also, you got to admire the nuanced storytelling in this film, how they set up the gun violence uh, angle uh, by introducing Kurt Russell holding a gun in a room <laughs> in front of all of his kids. Stuff. <laughs> With this unkempt, wild blonde hair. Uh, and then, if, if that wasn't enough, they had to add ADO, the guy going, What happened? His son shot himself. Uh, I, what I, what's wrong with him? His son shot himself. Oh, wow. That explains it. Well, what I love about that ADR choice is that it's it's showing. So, two uh, military guys show up to re recruit him, tell him he's been reactivated. Mm -hmm. um, and. He is like all he does apparently, like based on the scene we think, is just sit in his son's room all day holding a gun, and they the one of the two partners knew that going in and didn't bother to tell the other guy until after. Well, you have to understand. He didn't say like, by the way, don't bring up kids and guns in, in this conversation, or like, by the way, he's going through a tough time right now. Uh, he's like, wait till we're on the way home, and then give him the key information. His wife he was like, it happened three weeks ago. He's probably over it by now. <laughs> His wife has been calling the general every day and being like, do you have any kind of like suicide mission you can send his dopey <laughs> ass on? He's just up there. He obviously wants to die. He doesn't talk. Yeah. Do you have like, can we just strap a bomb to him and send him through a thing? Uh, Dude, the, the suicide mission. Oh my God. This, okay. So this is the thing about this movie is that a lot happens. There's just so many things to unpack and all of them are kind of ridiculous. Mm. And I also had a good time. Yeah, it's so well. It's amazing how much uh, of this movie, like I mean, literally, I could Independence Day would be coming up very quickly for Roland Emmerich. But how much of like what makes that movie work is in this, like the same dynamic of James, like the dweeb and the military guy is like he does that again with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith and Independence Day. Yep, sending and a and. And nuking, yeah, nuking the head of an alien species in their pyramid-shaped uh, craft floating right above the planet. Yeah, it's, it's like it's so okay. So I wanted, to, okay, where, how do we even break all of this down? But yeah, okay. First of all, am I? I'm not the only one who, despite having, I guess, feedback for every single moment, had a pretty good time. Oh, Did you guys have a good time? Yeah, I mean, I saw this when it came out. Like I, oh, okay. I've seen Stargate a bunch of times, so I'm kind of just like used to it by now uh, i've probably seen it like three or four times and i'm just like <laughs> i'm used to it i know what happens in it it's a fun it's a fun set it's well made uh the music is fucking incredible like that's the thing i always oh. remember uh, especially like the score for this movie gets used in trailers constantly uh and once you kind of it's kind of funny to hear that like the legacy of stogate living on through like movie trailers that still come out to this day uh but yeah the music's really good it's so phoebe you you had never seen it though was it a, a fun romp for you as well yeah yeah it was, <laughs> it was fun i watched it in a i took a bubble bath and i watched target how do you know oh. you know yeah that does sound this time it was very fun um, yeah that's how roland Emmerich intended it to be seen that's why the movie comes with that <laughs> salt 
yeah some people some people want their or like really want their film to be seen in like ultra wide and i definitely think uh, emmerich wanted you to watch it wet yeah yeah it's damp and on a computer uh, my, with my husband's library account <laughs> definitely, definitely oh yeah i did want to mention this because shannon specifically mentioned this is that the film is available on uh hoopla uh which is uh available w- with our la library cards but with a, a lot of other ones as well and i just like to point that out that it's, but it's, it's not, not the first anywhere else yeah that was, yeah it, it got it, it got pulled from like a bunch of places there's some mgm rights thing that's going on but the fact that you can get it for free from a lot of libraries and just watch it on another app on your tv like I've seen I've seen way more stuff on on Hoopla than on Quibi, so that's the way to put. That's where to focus. Um, but yeah, I look. I had a good time. It's I have a hard time with Spader. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. Is but you, but you it. certainly were rooting for him to fuck a space lady. Well, always. I'm not a monster. I just <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm like, all right, you're however many years away from having an entirely hat-based career. She's <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just so dumb. Yeah, my, uh, my wife her, had tough, trouble. My wife had trouble with Spader because of like, she associates him so much with his 80s bully run that seeing him as oh. like a dweeby nerd, she was yeah. like, I just feel like he's going to start like, picking on these other soldiers because that's what she is you but she, she did notice that he was wearing glasses though right yeah that's true because um, i think that's a dead giveaway that he's a nerd and not a bully i mean he's yeah. also playing a prototypical uh jeff goldblum like jeff goldblum yeah he's very jeff goldblum exact thing but better in independence day i feel like so much of spader to me is blacklist mm. Which I didn't I watch, but it was just like we sort of watched jokingly for a couple episodes. I'm like, I hate this, and so <laughs> that is now all I see. It, I'm a real ghost of Christmas future. I think everyone's a certain kind of ghost of Christmas blank. Looking at Spader in the 80s, with actors or just in general, yeah, or it's like, oh, I see what's going to happen to you. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. I can't wake you up in the middle of the night and show you, but I can watch stargate knowing what the future holds for you James. so so you were ghost of christmas future for james spader whereas anthony's wife was ghost of christmas past for him yeah exactly and right. i'm i'm ghost of christmas live in the present i had no idea who james spader was See, i'm uh i'm a ghost of christmas present because i associate him with what we were talking about last week or the week before but like crash the cronenberg movie which is around this time like mm-hmm. that's who i associate spader with Yep. Yeah. I I have no I mean I've seen him, but I had no associations. So I had I thought he was just fine at this role, and this role is insane. It is. And I will look, then I got Richard Kind though, which I did not get enough of him, and that's my main No, yeah, he's underutilized for sure. Because he didn't go through the gate. He stayed on Earth and then the rest of the movie doesn't give a shit. No, well, I mean, when you have to choose between taking French Stewart or Richard Kind uh, they made the wrong choice in Rock. For sure. Except for that I Stewart then got to Third Rock from the Sun from this movie. He floated away. Third Rock of the, from the Sun. <laughs> well, so that was, that, okay, that was my Ghost of Christmas Future was I was like, we don't even get to see this guy's squinty eyes almost this whole time. He looked like, we just, every once in a while I walk by and I'm like, are you, 
are you is, are you the guy from Third Rock who does all the squinting? Nope. I mean, the most unrealistic thing in this movie is him as like a Joe head. It's the <laughs> least unlikely, unpracticed. Like that's like, come on. Yeah, I mean, they do a vision that. test to join the military, yeah. and he never opens his eyes. Yeah. So he's like a newborn baby mole. <laughs> he really is. He just. I was. Um, all right. I was. Well, oh, here's my last thing. Kurt Russell. Yep. Though, holy yeah. shit! Yeah. I mean, look, guys. Not to be crass, but if the tub wasn't wet enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's disgusting. But that's gross. Um, I mean, but Russell I, fucking rules. But Kurt Russell's awesome. He's so. I awesome. mean, his character in this matters the least. It makes the least sense, I think, of any. This. Insane. It's looks- insane. His <laughs> he has the straightest hair in the history. Of yes. Hair. Yeah. And He's uh, so and watching him, Phoebe was the straightest woman. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, yeah. It was- he just okay. So his so we we talked a little bit about his backstory, but Kurt Russell's mission is so they have they have a Stargate. They have no idea where it goes. But they just give they and they send six people with guns, one nerd, and then he's the leader. And he has a secret nuke, nuclear bomb, and his plan is to stay behind and blow up the gate on the other side, knowing nothing about where they're going. They're just well, like, look, we don't know where we're going, but but t- better to take a nuke and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. Yeah. Need, nu- nuke it and not have it. Yeah, yes. I mean, that is the idea. And like, in a way, in, in like this like dumb movie military logic, it's like, yeah, that's what the military would do, you know? And you need- I well, the whole okay, none of the thing. Okay, okay, okay. You have a Stargate, and then you just go in it. Yeah. You just like they sent a probe. It got immediately destroyed, and they were like, "Time to send some people." I guess we've learned everything we can care by care. Let's go with just rushing into things now. They just wander I, into it. I, they have no fucking plan, I, and they're like the the mil- the Marines are like five minutes in and they haven't returned and like oh now our whole plan is screwed we were just gonna turn around and come right back yeah, and you, I mean, they didn't ask questions they didn't they didn't take they took one picture in the entire movie they are discovering the first people to ever step on another planet they're discovering everything they're seeing is the most incredible discovery in human history and they didn't record anything there's no video they don't write anything down they took one picture and like well, that's pretty good we'll just go report back what we remember yeah coming from the director of 2012 and uh 10,000 bc i'm really disappointed he usually has such a good eye for these little details <laughs> uh, but- no i just like the whole premise of them going in is so funny and and i, I what i like is that this movie is just always moving forward to something newer and crazier. But the fact that they were like, look, we found this device. We think that it might be um, a pathway to another universe. Let's turn it on and walk through it. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Like that's, there's just no fucking around in, with these people. They are just ready to try it. Yeah. I mean, this is just like the, the filmmakers being like, what you want to watch a movie when they sit around and run tests. Fuck you. We're walking through it with guns and bombs. I got it's just like, if they were, if they were chemists, it would just be like, we discovered something new. Let's eat it and see what happens. Yeah. Like they're just, whatever it is, they're right. just like, we'll just die. Let's go try it. We'll bring a nuke just in case this movie has it's... dumb stuff to get, to get to, you know, we don't have time <laughs> for this shit. Right. It's like a bad, it's like a 201 improv class. They're like, all right, well, <laughs> yes, and, but they don't really understand how the story works, but at least they're not sitting around talking. But they, exactly. They ne- they're they always ready to go to that next step and figure out what's going to yeah. happen. You're like, all right, um, go to your class show and sit through this, but I'm not going to leave having felt anything real. <laughs> I can't. I, 
But I mean, it's just the plan. If you think sense, of it in terms like, of like actually going, go ahead, Anthony. Sorry. Uh, I was, I was, if you want to talk about it in terms of actually making sense, like James Spader's there. He's only surrounded by one incredibly old woman. And he thinks, I bet on the other side of this stargate, I can find another white woman surrounded by a bunch of round people and totally get laid. I mean, it makes sense. It's like there is at least probably, I'm probably within the first 10 minutes of being here, going to get introduced to another white woman who's the only white woman surrounded by all these uh, minority characters. I want to find out that like, it's actually a movie where his friends set it up for him to get laid. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've been interacting with the people on this other planet for decades. And one of his friends happens to work for the military. He's like, dude, this guy's got to get some because he is getting weird. So they send this old woman. He's like, oh, she'll do. And she's like, no, no, no. Hold on. Not me. Go through here. We're going to set up like the Stargate's not even real, but like they set it up. So it happens to look like his exact fetish set. <laughs> it's like an overproduced, you know, like wild night. I mean, the way that's, a, that's a great theory. Thanks. And I stand by it fully. Uh, I like that theory better than the, than the, the one that maybe the more on surface level reading of this film, which is that um, we had that this other, this giant alien species took over people enslaved them and was like look we're gonna send you another planet to be miners but the only thing i ask the only thing no reading i guess three things no reading no writing and whatever you do, don't get rid of the patriarchy we just i depend on this whatever you guys do make sure it's still woman's work by the fire that's all i want yeah exactly it's so much more fun to think about the entire a two-hour movie just being about james spader getting his nerd a a james spader like friend prank the thing you gotta understand about raw though is that this is a guy who imagine over ten thousand years not changing your look once Right, like, <laughs> dude, he invented a falcon hat that retracts into his neck. Yeah. Why would you give that up? You would the think- way that those like metal feathers move around, I'm like, fuck, dude, I want that. Yeah. It's a cool ass hat. Yeah, you keep that cool hat. It's way cooler than any of the hats James Spader would one day start wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I the this this is like um. This is before, obviously, the Ancient Aliens show, but after the theory was bouncing around a little well, bit. I mean, yeah. But this takes it... Chariot from the Gods was written in, like, the 60s or 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This just takes it in such a bonkers direction that it's not just that they were aliens. It's aliens that were pretending to be Falcon people, but were actually a human dude. Or he wasn't originally, but he's in a human body because apparently they're infinitely repairable. That's his favorite oh, thing. It's like, have you never seen somebody over 40? Yeah. Um, well, you haven't seen someone over forty in that fancy bed. I mean, yeah, that's true. They did. Uh, they did have a bathtub that brings you back to life. But it seems like you could have just built that for whatever you were, your mole people that you came from, or whatever. You, you've got a bathtub that puts you back together. Look, it is really useful though, because because otherwise James Spader would have blown his whole chance to get laid uh, mm-hmm. by letting his girlfriend get shot in the tummy. I don't know Again, if he would have. Would have blown his chance to get laid, but it's just definitely not a part of the movie we would have seen. <laughs> I think well, but he didn't that, have to worry about it because he brought her back to life. Thank God for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I liked, I liked it. I'm such a '90s 
fanatic though and the thing that i loved yeah. most about it is that t2 top i mean i don't even know how top of this movie is for me it's like my end all be all i love t2 mm-hmm. so much but t2 the I, mighty du- the mighty tucks shut up alex <laughs> I won't have, I won't it was have, a 90s reference i made it I for you it's just being overprotective of t2 in a fun way i didn't it didn't land right. i'm sorry i wasn't really being rude you can't be rude to alex it's fine no no you're fine i'm just yeah, i just yeah. thought i'd leave a, a good bit of silence there so everyone would re-pity me so anyway <laughs> t2 comes out and then three years later this movie comes out and they're like hey remember that liquid metal that everyone likes mm, we're a little yeah. bit pre-sun but uh, so like they're using the liquid metal that t2 brought into the world but it's clearly just become like worse and worse technology as it's become more accessible and (laughs) a lot of fun i love that it's like it's like it's like pre-alex mac like just pre capri sun and exists in its own stargate majesty they're really kind of like I think so. It's an okay movie. Like I said, it's a fun watch. I, I've seen it a few times, but like I think like the the stories around it, like the production of it, is really interesting. Like what you were talking about, like this the way Roland Emmerich like built his name in Hollywood is like this movie was shot for like half of what T two was, and like his uh. his thing is like shooting movies really cheap. Like if you look at this movie, it has mostly like four locations, and then it's like okay, you you have very simple locations. You have mostly this dynamic talking. And then we don't spare any expense on, on the big action set piece. And that's what he used right. to do a lot. Now he just does the big action set piece because he has no, you know. No well, is it just because he's like shown his success I, like with the cheap movies and so they just give him all the money now? Well, yeah. I, he's also kind of lost his like lost his touch. Sure. Uh, the last like he I haven't liked any of his movies since like Godzilla, I think, uh, which was not good. Um but yeah, what, you, what, yeah give me, what else? Give me some other new Roland Emmerich movies. Well, I mean, recently he just did that Midway movie, which I don't think anyone was apparently a huge hit, but I never saw it. Uh, oh, but yeah, so he has his it's just about it's just about people flying southwest. Oh, it's about uh, like you always got to stop at Midway. That was a joke. World War Two fighters. But so his yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His filmography after this is like Stargate, Independence Day, which is, you know, a real like like it or love it type of movie. Then he does got wait 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 wait. Do you mean love it or hate it? Love it or hate it. Yeah, I mean that's because I like your version of it, which is like no one hates it. It's yeah. just like it or love it. Yeah. Those are your two options. I was really taken by that turn of phrase. Yeah, isn't it? What a upbeat way to look at the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone does kind of like it or love it. I think it's so good. I love Independence Day. I've it's... never seen it. Ooh, what a fun! I mean, I feel like I should have seen it by this point it sounds like it has everything i like in it especially it's so fun and it's definitely like a it's, it feels like a second version of this an improved version of this yeah. uh logic in a lot of ways absolutely plus it's got jeff goldblum and apparently no one told me this until like a year ago but everybody wants to fuck jeff goldblum i hate yeah. him I mean, <laughs> what i can't stand him. no you that's not you're lying i don't like him no he makes you bathtub i can tell you <laughs> are you a doctor <laughs> But I don't know. The thing about Independence Day is it has a much bigger cast than Stargate 2. So maybe like if Jeff Goldblum doesn't do it for you, Will Smith is at like the prime of his career. Bill, yeah, it's it it is 
flawless Will Smith. Yeah, and then I Godzilla, he does a few years later, which also does the same nerd badass thing, but it's Matthew Broderick and Gene Reno. Uh, uh. And the Godzilla's terrible. Then he does The Patriot, The Day After Tomorrow, uh, 10,000 BC, 2012. And then he starts doing these like little... He does like a movie about William Shakespeare and how he stole all his plays that everyone hates. Oh. Uh, White House Down, which was a huge hit. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Stone- yeah. Stonewall, which is a really offensive movie that whitewashes the Stonewall riots. Uh, yeah. Well, that's very cool of him to do. I remember that. I I had I saw that when I was a, a critic, but I, like, I think it didn't end up coming out in Portland at all or maybe not many places it did not get a large release like it had a critic release and then it like they got scared um yeah and then he goes right back to independence day to do the sequel to that uh just yeah a lot of big runs like big stupid movies especially his latest stuff gets so lazy but like this is like i think the best balance of like he's still trying to make a real movie here even if it's kind of like corny and lame uh, well, can I so can I take this too seriously for a second? Sure. Um, so my wife and I were watching uh, during our last lunch documentary, fifteen minutes at a time. We were watching um, uh, Sky Ladder on Netflix, which is a documentary about the this the Chinese artist who works with fireworks and made this incredible um, fireworks ladder up into the air. It's really anyway. It's a great documentary, and I like documentaries about artists, and it's really really interesting. But one of the things they talk about is like the difference in how hard it is to make art from early in his career, where it was like. I want to go set off fireworks in this crater that was used when the Chinese government was testing nuclear weapons. And the government says no. And that's what your drive is as an artist. And then you go from that to a point where someone calls you up and is like, hey, we have two and a half million dollars for you. What can you do? And that it just changes your thought process so much to go from like, I'm going to go do something small and illegal and subversive to being like, well, now I'm running the Olympics opening ceremonies. I have all the money in the world. And we have to come up with something neat to do. And it feels like maybe there's a little of that happening with Emmerich where it's like, when he doesn't have any money, he comes up with really interesting solutions. And then when they're like, cool, you can do that. So here's all the money in the world. And he's like, well, I'm just gonna do big, stupid, boring things. Well, I would argue that that's probably true of most Otis on a, on some level, but also you're giving Roland Emmerich too much credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't, I don't mean to suggest that the independence day Stargate guy is on the same level of an artist. I was like, what? <laughs> you talking about no one's talking about the no one's making documentaries about the work of Roland Emmerich he, I understand I understand but, but but like is there maybe it's more than an analogy Roland, than it is an actual perfect example of Roland it Roland Emmerich is the guy when you can't get Michael Bay like he is a poor man <laughs> he is the yeah. German knockoff version of Michael Bay uh okay what yeah. I was gonna say yeah I, yeah yeah but is but isn't like Michael Bay with no money more interesting than Michael Bay with lots of money? Well, I mean, I don't think, you think he'd be more interesting? I'd say Michael so. Bay is interesting no matter what, because Michael Bay is actually interesting. Uh, I don't. Oh, okay. I wouldn't give that to Roland Emmerich as a movie filmmaker. I mean, I wouldn't want to watch any of the middle Transformers again. I mean, I would. Those are objectively awful movies as well. You correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> But I, you're saying he's still interesting, yeah, he's even still though he's making objectively terrible things. Yeah, he's making objectively like this. Like, there's at least interesting terribleness in like the Transformer movies than like I, a lot. In so, film school, I was uh, in one of my film classes. A kid said that Michael Bay was his favorite auteur. 
Uh, <laughs> it fucking makes you think, though, doesn't it? He has, he has two films in the Criterion collection. <laughs> was his was his name like Mike Bay the second? But he's a narc for Michael Bay. He's <laughs> he was like is he Michael's son? Is that who he is? No, if your he's favorite like, filmmaker is Michael Bay, your name is like Chad. You no, know? no, no, auteur, <laughs> not even director. Or yeah, film. yeah, auteur is the best word in that sentence. That's it's really what makes incredible. it. It's already a great. It's already a good good sentence for someone to say. But then that word auteur, mwah, really. I'm Cherry on top. In my deathbed. <laughs> just, <laughs> just be the last thing I think of before I slip into sweet heaven's Stargate or whatever. And uh, not Heaven's Gate. That's a completely different movie. It's a different game. Is that how you're planning on leaving, though? Is through through Kool Aid based oh, methods? Heaven's Gate? Yeah. Just gonna, I mean. Yeah. Just a late addition, 20 years later, you also just kill yourself very night. Hey guys, wait up! <laughs> I'm coming to you! Uh, man, I, this, so, I assume from the fact that there's a lot of other movies, so the, the way this establishes what st- the Stargate does is that if you, that any six points in, you need six points to establish a, an address in physical space, in 3D space, and so on this Stargate, you just put the six symbols plus one it's for your home base. It's a big rotary phone. It's right? a giant rotary phone. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's, oh, they, they call it an address, but it really is a phone number because anyway, but also the the weird thing is that it only turns on when you have a correct address, which is very nice of it, because otherwise you could put in the wrong address and just like transport yourself into the vacuum of space and then immediately die. Yeah, it prevents telemarketing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a spam filter on the Stargate, which I appreciate. But uh, so presumably, if there's like 27 other properties, it just means they dial up different numbers. Is that what happens? Yeah, but also there's like he's the only one left of his race. So is he the only one using these Stargates? Like, are there actually- the alien guy? Yeah, but I mean, also I guess with the franchise, there must be other people using them, or they wouldn't. Yeah, like I mean, because yeah, the story is that he, the alien guy, his whole race was dying, and so he teleported to Earth through this Stargate, and then figured out he could take over a human body, and he didn't pass that information back to any of his friends. No, he- so now he's the only creature left from his species. No, he is just an evil guy chilling in a handsome young man's body with a bunch of naked children going through space. Uh, with messed up haircuts, yeah. man. I felt bad for those kids that had to get their haircut like that for this movie. Yeah, uh, should we, Can we take a minute to talk about Jay Davis and his role as Raw in the movie? Uh, sure. Yes, we yes we can. Do you guys, talk about do you know anything it? About, do you know anything? About I know Jay nothing Davis? about this. Jay no. Davis has one of the best short little Hollywood careers. Uh, he was a model who uh, went to a party one day. Classic kind of Hollywood story where someone asked him to come audition for a movie they were making. That movie was The Crying Game, where he got nominated for an Oscar uh, for okay. a role. Uh, wow. in a movie that is, I've, I've never actually seen it, but definitely probably pretty problematic today, but it was a big role for him. Uh, he decided he hated acting, didn't want to do it, uh, anymore. So when they came to him for this movie, cause Roland Emmerich really wanted him, uh, Jay Davis was like, yeah, pay me a million dollars and I'll do it. Thinking they would balk cause it's like a week's worth of work. 
uh-huh. but they said yes. So he's like, sure. So he came on, hated every second of it. And I think it actually really works for the character. There's like this this, <laughs> disdain for the premise and the world yeah. he's in and the acting he's doing. His, his voice oh, that's is crazy. Concept of the thing he's doing. Yeah, his voice is dubbed over. He ref- he was originally supposed to wear one of those helmets, uh, but refused to. So that's why they CG that one onto him. Uh, oh, weird. He refused to take out his nipple ring, so they had to shoot around him. Uh, <laughs> then he took it. He took. I don't know. Okay, wait. That that's a strange decision because I feel like those those rings, those nips, would really have worked for this character. Yeah, and then Jay Davis took his million dollars and never acted again. Wait, actually, now that I think about it, maybe you wouldn't want to do nipple rings because then if you got that in the bathtub that repairs your body, you just they would pop out and you'd have to like get them re-pierced every time. I mean, that's you know that's the peril you take with any bathtub, though. Yeah, for I mean. <laughs> nipple ring situation. That is so amazing. I feel like that's the career that I want and like missed out on. That's kind of a wait to tell the industry. wait what part of it. I don't know. There's just something incredibly romantic about being such a like piece of shit. <laughs> well, yeah, especially since so many people in this um, in this business, including myself, are just constantly begging people for an opportunity to do something. And the idea of somebody getting a million dollars to star in a movie that just well, doesn't want to be there and is pissed off the whole time is so great. But also, like- in the most incredibly classical, like sought after way winning or like getting nominated for a fucking oscar and then yeah. and then being like i hate it i think that's so cool this part <laughs> he, he wanted or to be a model he wanted to be a model he wanted to be a model so he just went back and he thought that. he thought talking was below him yeah he was just like i'm just gonna go back be a model cash my fucking check uh did it work did he have a successful modeling yeah career? that's what he's been doing since then he's mm. he's doing great uh, as far as I can tell. Uh, huh. But yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Acting sucks. So yeah. that's part of it too. I, I know people think it's like very exciting and cool and romantic, but it's actually fucking horrible. So, yeah. I mean, it's Say more about that. Tell me, tell me more about that. I mean, it's a, it's a life riddled with rejection. And uh, if you're not doing things that you're proud of, the feeling of being in something that you know isn't good is crushing. Yeah. And okay, it, okay, like, those those I buy, but the actual process of like standing in a room surrounded by people who are making sure you look good and then saying some stuff to somebody—that part isn't bad. I don't know. That can't it can't be bad if you're like standing in front of a wind machine and like soaking like like freezing cold water in like a costume that's super uncomfortable and you have to wear it for eight hours a day then when you're done with the movie you have to do like weeks of non-stop press uh and like yeah all so, so like, okay but you can't count the press i'm just i, I thought you were saying the actual process of acting you're saying that the job has a lot of other indignities which is totally fair because yeah, the, the, the thing is people don't remember that it's it is a job like anything else and you have to do stuff you don't want to do in order to make money because it's still your profession 
Yeah. And yeah, that's why they pay you. If you only did stuff you wanted to do, they wouldn't pay you. Yeah, but a lot of the times they like barely give you any money. Yeah. Unless you're well, that part. like, fuck you, give me a million dollars and I just like, yeah, you just need to look I- more like a model. I also <laughs> love the idea of they called his bluff. Like he yeah. asked for a million oh, yeah. dollars being positive, they would laugh at him. Uh, and instead they were like, yeah. Well, but yeah, but that's kind of like who wins and that's and who loses. I feel like maybe they both did and fine. They lose the most. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, but I think it serves them right. But I don't um, like I respect like someone who is just like, I don't like doing this. I'm not like obligated to do this for the rest of my life because people think like, oh, you won you got nominated and all this like you now owe us something to be an actor he's like no i'm gonna go back to doing what i like doing uh my dad like an incredibly successful theater actor and like got like got a tony and did all this like amazing shit he hated the theater by the time he got out of it and granted it wasn't like oh i was in the crying game and got nominated and left and then did this one movie that's two different things but it acting makes you hate it the more you do it Well, also, like, if you got a million dollars, you could just get 70 grand a year in interest for the rest of your life and just not work. And that's not a bad life. So I do. A, I, I appreciate anybody who gets a million dollars and is like, well, I am finished. Wait, is, yeah, that I... how, is, oh, what? is that what it breaks down to? 70,000 yeah. a year for how long? Depending on how you invest it and how things are going, at least 70 grand a year where you don't have to touch the principal. You'd just be living on that forever. It's not bad income. And he had other things. You just go, it's like, oh, also I picked up a modeling job, but just like, Wouldn't that be you could just live like an adult, especially like- if you were like, like you, like if you were like, I'm going to go live, I'm going to go buy a block in Detroit and then just never do anything I don't want to do for the rest of my life. Like you, you have so a- much, if you go. What? Uh, it'd be such a funny thing for a financial advisor to tell someone where they're like, okay, well you could invest, you could buy real estate or you could, you could get begged to do a low budget sci-fi movie and hardball them into paying you a million dollars and then here's kind of the way that your life breaks down with your <laughs> here's how much you would get just like talking about I also just like you have a financial advisor who you come and you're like well I have a million dollars and I'm like cool you're done yeah, but it's you good. did it you know what Before I like what's a good way to like live comfortably within my means and I'm like well here's here's the script for Stargate you want to hear something I just thought of that's pretty rough? What do you think his voice Otis got paid? Oh, man. Arguably, more of an important... Like, it could have been just the voice and the movie would have been exactly the same. It could not have been just Jay Davis. Uh, And he got paid a cool million. What do you think the voice Otis got? Like, 50 grand? Uh, That's not a bad day. 40 grand. Nobody I know who does voice work says that it's brutal, though. But still, voice work is fun. You would you would think like, well, I'm also a big part of Stargate. The main no, look, the no. Every, if you're doing voice work, you're like, look, I know that my value to this industry is that I can't keep my nipple rings in if I want. Like, I'm doing whatever they ask, and I'm happy to get my fifty grand. Alex, once again, taking the side of the bootlickers. Uh, just <laughs> taking just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, let me, uh, let me mean, tell you about uh, how not. the the okay. Okay, so if you want, if you want radical, let's talk a little bit more about what actually happens to this guy. So, look, I'm not saying that that Jay Davis's character Raw has been like a good dude. He sucks. But basically, what this movie is is we discovered alien life, and then we nuked it because we thought they were kind of dicks, mm, and then we didn't like their leadership style. So we're just like, let's get rid of everything they've ever invented. They have a pool that brings humans back to life, and we nuke that pool because we're not because we don't like the guy who's running it. We just give up. You also have to remember that they uh, left um, James Spader to be the new god king for people who have to swim. <laughs> under the wreckage of a destroyed space city oh man that fell on them maybe he also has a new girlfriend now so he's got that attitude going for him it's a fucking nightmare <laughs> and, it's just bad. and he's like ooh a new hat for james spader so <laughs> hey the franchise should be focused on is like what James Spader has done to this poor ancient culture that he's not equipped to run just because he knows hieroglyphs a little bit. Yeah, he does not, not know how to run the rest of that business. Also, the I mean, the movie opens with a little girl in Egypt just stealing a priceless artifact and taking it away from the Egyptian government. Yeah. And basically, it's like, just so you know, the tone of this is going to be inter galactic colonialism and then they do so it's just like now james spader is running this other planet and and it we don't we're not honoring them in any way we don't care about the species we find we don't we're, we gave them cigarettes we gave them diseases we just like ruined this planet it's kind of like the military going into any society during any yeah. war where they're like here's some chocolate bars and guns see in 2015 we hate you we yeah, you might want to try having a revolution. We don't like your leader. Would you mind just take some of our guns and go yeah. go try a revolution? It's just like propaganda for like explaining how the Taliban happens. It's really <laughs> it, it has a real like you know how Rocky or not Rocky three, but Rambo three ends with a dedication to the Taliban. Basically, yeah. it's like this movie is dedicated to the freedom fighters. No, I did not know that. Yeah. That's that's information. Yeah, the, the Taliban are the good guys in Rambo. Ladies, you know the. I have no idea. It's we we taught them how to do all the stuff that they. Wait, you're telling us that the things we were reaping in the '90s and 2000s we sowed in the '80s? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that's kind of messed up. I hate that. Well, get used to America, there, friend. Yeah, we got it's a lot like more. reaping. Does it, doesn't like sewing seem more it, fun? Like it or love it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> America, <laughs> like it or love it. Uh, oh, that was a good callback. Um, <laughs> I also like that this other planet basically has only humans that, that we brought there. One alien dude, but then also, and this I thought maybe Phoebe would be, you'd be more impressed by, a whole race of Muppet camels. Well, we didn't get to the Skeksy Buffalo yet, and I feel like there's a lot. To- <laughs> I was calling him Camelopagus, but uh, Skeksy Buffalo also works. We got to see a lot of good puppetry on, of the tongue. Well, I mean, yeah, it was superb. Uh, but it also was just a horse in like a tunic, right? At the end of the day. It's not I like guess, TV. but have you seen how they like the land walkers in um, Dark Crystal, like how those guys walk around and how the Skeksis 
are muppeted from the inside where it's like people on no. sticks and stilts. I implore anybody to go look that up. It is like, un- uh, like the Lion King theater show. Like people walking around oh. on giant sticks and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got like crutches, basically. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if this is what they were doing for this puppet. I think they just put a like a carpet on a horse and they're like, eh. Then <laughs> they had a, they had a guy with a hose spray liquid on James Spado's face just <laughs> in the desert. But but we just like there's no it's just humans and one alien and then one alien horse species and that that's got like a red a bloodhound level of nose. But that's yeah. it. There's just no other well I, I creatures on this planet. When I we were see only it's like does that's true does well the question is does this planet work off like human planet kind of multiple biomes or is it like star wars where each planet is just one theme oh that's such a good question yeah because because this like the the tie is to ancient egypt the planet they land on has the temperature and sand and and the general look of a lot of egypt uh which you gotta think when he you know like shit went south for him on earth so he was like, fuck this. That's why they can't read or write, you know, because there was an uprising. Right. So he took a yeah. bunch of them and then went to a planet that they would hopefully think was like the same one, I guess. But is there like a jungle biome on this planet? Yeah. Is it all? It's a great question. It's, it's a, a great question. And when you get a fish and you keep it in its bag before you put it in its new tank to get it used uh-huh. to like how the weather so, is so you're saying that maybe when we go through the stargate that thing wasn't the whole planet but there's like a egypt bag that he yeah, took exactly. along yeah that you're mm. like all right, i'm gonna integrate you slowly into this similar thing so you get all scared it's very sweet that's a good idea yeah that's very possible can i uh talk about another actor in this movie who i yes. i think has a good story eric avari i believe is how you pronounce his name he's an indian actor he's the guy who plays like the uh the leader of he's the leader yeah yeah who's also who also just so happens to be the father of the the cool kid who learns to smoke and and also the daughter who gets sold to james spader but this is this is one of those secret performances where he's like he's got a unique face uh good personality good screen president presence and like He's in this movie for just a few minutes, but he basically ate out on this movie for the next like 10 years. Like he doesn't yeah. really Was this like one of his first things? Yeah, he doesn't really do much before this. Uh and then he gets cast in this and then it's like anytime Hollywood needs like an Egyptian or an Indian guy to like know something that's in a book, they call him, right? He's like <laughs> Like the Mummy after this, Independence Day. Oh, uh, he's in the Mummy. All these, like, anytime they need this, like, a genuine guy who looks like he can be from anywhere in that region, who's like, oh, I yeah. can tell you about the prophecy. He basically, vaguely mystical, yeah. Yeah, he basically books that job for the next twenty years. Well, it was fun. It was when we were wandering around that desert, and we don't recognize any of the people, and then he shows up, and I'm like, well, I've seen his face before. It's just like. It's just a funny way that, like, I now know that he is the most important person, not because of his robes, not because of anything that happens in the movie. They're just like, well, they could afford a real actor for this oh, one, so yeah. we're going to talk to him. And that's so funny because, like, when if you saw this in '94, you wouldn't have that you wouldn't connection have. at all. Yeah. yeah, it's backwards. Yeah, he, uh, he is what you're experiencing, and that yeah. truly is the magic of acting. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> that's like the best possible outcome for a career. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought you I thought what you wanted was to not take your piercings out and tell people to fuck off unless they give you a million dollars. I want everything. (laughs) You just you you want all the different careers. I as long as you get to no, you don't even have to have a bad attitude. You'll even do it if it's good, hardworking job. Yeah, no, exactly. I look, I prefer that. But if you're going to give me an Oscar nom and a million dollars to do something I hate, I'll do that. that. Yeah, guys. That's the name of the game. Yeah, you I guess gotta, we should. You got to think about it from another view. Like, imagine Alex, if you were out and someone asked you to fill in, like, sound mixing a movie, right? And you mm-hmm. got nominated for an Oscar for it, right? And then someone was like, "I'm going to pay you a million dollars to sound mix my movie." You're like, "Yeah, I'll do it," but like, I'm not a sound mixer. You know, it's actually such I, a good metaphor. That's so good. Like, just, I, I don't do, I don't. Yeah, I did set design yeah. on this movie because a friend asked me to, but I don't. But like, I'd sense. like to be in front of the camera. I'm yeah. an actor. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's like that. That's such a good point. Also, the idea that I could get an Oscar for sound design sounds thoroughly reasonable, or for sound mixing, because I just don't believe that that's a real job. <laughs> yeah. Every time they give that Oscar to somebody, I'm like, you really think you re- you guys really want me to think that's a real thing? Well, yeah. uh, as someone who has been complaining about sound mixing the past few weeks, well, this is what I mean: I is think- that they don't know. There's not a, there's not like great and bad sound mixers. It's just like you plug in all the stuff and we hear the movie. Watch Twin Peaks return for the best goddamn sound mixing you've ever heard in your entire yeah, life. No, you true. cannot convince me that you could tell really good sound mixing. No, yes. I honestly think she makes a and great he with headphones on because he did it himself. It's incredible. Yeah, Twin Peaks has uh, the return in particular has one of the most unique soundscapes. It's no, there are entire segments when nothing's happening. But there's like sound. six other sound related Oscars, and I just feel like one like that. So, so the soundscape that sounds like sound design. That sounds interesting. Most important thing, and also sound guys are the fucking weirdest people on earth, and they can be because their job is so important. You yeah, can't I mean, a guy with like a shitty personality because he is in control of the thing that makes the movie a movie. Yeah, I mean, that's- well, I'm gonna have such a shitty attitude about it when I get my Oscar and my million dollars. One of the things going to a kind of a film school thing, like one of the things they teach you in film school is that sound is more important than the picture. Like yes. you can, have, I did know that you can have like lower quality cameras and shittier film stock, but the sound needs to be pristine. Like that is that is something I have I do know from just like YouTube videos and from like if you tape yourself doing stand up and submit it to a contest like all that like what everybody says is like we don't give a shit what you look like but if the sound is bad we will not pay attention to the rest of the thing yeah sound so that makes sense but that sounds like good sound recording not sound mixing I don't know it's but it's all the same thing all I want this is all I'm saying is I just want one sound oscar and let them all touch it i just don't want there's three different sound oscars oscars and nobody cares except for those weird guys this man in charge of the unions please (laughs) i i well the union is bad personally jesus christ alex but personally no 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 no. i'm right about this this the 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 union Some of the some of the unions are bad, Anthony. Yeah, again, the liquor of the boot of capitalism on his face. No, that's no no no. Uh, I am pro unions, but some of the unions are bad. And it just so happens the one I'm in is one of the bad uh, ones. I, I just want to say I would I want to go back to 
get off this union topic and get back. Did off you know the way? Okay, the way SAG union works. Alex, the way SAG dudes work. Anthony, Anthony, you have to hear this though. You have no, to hear this. Alex, this, you have to hear this first. This inside baseball. You have to hear this first. No, no, this is good. This is good. The way the way your dues work is you pay a percentage of your income up to two hundred thousand dollars of income, and then you stop. So t- Tom Cruise pays the same amount of dues as someone who earned two hundred thousand dollars in their career. So uh, it's a terrible union. That's the worst. It's the most regressive, fucked up union. Bad union. But I, they also have really bad healthcare issues. Anyway, there's inside, there's inside baseball, and then there's shit that people are just like, maybe I'll never listen to this show again. They're talking. No, no, no. I, I, and you're, and I agree with you about that, and you're wrong about which one this is. You're mislabeling it. That's an interesting fact. Look, guys, we're all we're all Jimmy Hoffa here. We all like. We- Look, you're. I know. Just Anthony's calling me a bootlicker, and the problem that I said, like, I and just need to clear up the problem I have is that it's too regressive. It's not about. Anyway, yeah, Anthony, no, please I, share I, your fun story. I don't even remember what it was. I'm gone. I've, I've, oh, I lost the plot. I don't remember what we were talking about before. Can I tell you? Okay, we need to get to wrapping up here in a second, but a couple of really quick things. One is on the scene where the peasants revolt uh, and they start running down the sand dunes, one of the background extras, like two or background actors, two steps in, just eats shit and falls down the whole dune on his face. I want so that's, go back and re- I saw it and I was like, did somebody just eat shit? And I went back and watched it and oh he did he ate shit so hard. You just yeah. know that that guy was like, This is my big break. And then <laughs> I'm going to run down this hill so fucking hard. I know, yeah, I'm gonna show so much emotion and empathy in this run down this hill, and then he just ate Sam. And then for three um, months until he saw it in production, he was like, Please don't have use that take. Please don't have use that take. <laughs> Um, and then I just want to, I just like, especially because this is one that spawns so many other properties. I like thinking about where it leaves us. So besides nuking that one alien, we also leaving James Spader on the planet is so funny, but obviously it makes sense. Right. Cause he, um, lost his apartment lease. You know, well, we knew that. And, so he had nothing to go back for. And to be fair, all he had to loan was the dialect. So it was very easy for him <laughs> to integrate. Oh, oh, you pronounce it uh, baguette. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. He's like he's like a professional Spanish speaker who hears Catalan where they use like the, the <laughs> sound. And he's like, I don't get it. This is a totally new language. I've never heard it before. This is impossible. I was sort of um, thinking, so with Kurt Russell's character, I was either thinking he was going to bring a new son back or he was going to <laughs> stay with a new son. I swear yeah. to God, I, I, I was more focused on that than anything in the plot because I'm nope. racking my brain with what significance him having a son who shot himself by accident. Like, it's such an intense plot. It's yeah, I, so dramatic and so and, and he's so he's so worried about kids touching guns and then yeah. kids touching guns is the reason why they win and he just casually gives a space boy a cigarette for the first time like, I was like, I was like oh this kid is gonna be that son and then the kid was too tall so i knew that he wasn't gonna go home with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's too big of a boy and his rifle except that he brought this big boy home I would have loved that scene, though, with him showing up home and be like, hey, baby, I want to introduce you to someone. <laughs> <laughs> a new son. 
And he just brings him into the same bedroom and he like t- he hides the gun under a bear and is like, This is your room. You play baseball. It's but just then the like cancer, like t- like thirty years ago. Yeah, later. exactly. The kid's like smoking now, so you're like just and then later he's gonna feel bad about that. We have to go back through Stargate to find a new son over the <laughs> It's just like Hitchcock's Vertigo. He's just getting kids and pinning them in his son's clothes, making them, <laughs> making them cut their hair and dye it so it looks like his son. Uh, yeah, but also just so the, the other thing that, thing I can't that I can't stop thinking about is how fun it would be to watch the debrief when they get back. Yeah, where <laughs> they didn't write anything down. They took one picture. A couple of them are dead. Spader is staying because he found a girlfriend. Like, they're just reporting back, like, hey, so what is space like? What are other planets like? And like, oh, man, we nuked the alien. So that's done. There's no other species up there. Boy, we found a lot of people who are going to come back. And they have, they're going to have to come here because their life is not very good on that mine. They literally leave like they're leaving summer vacation. The summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stupid. And how do you go on and explain that experience with that attitude? So well, we weird. It's, it's like, friends along the way. Everyone. Yeah. It's like we learned to, our special high five at the end. They're going to tag out and go back and be like, "Does anyone else have some issues they need to work through? Anyone else missing <laughs> like a mom or need to get laid? Uh, yeah. Head in there. We'll take care of you." Um, you know, if you need to find yourself, go to Stargate. You know, yeah, so, we, yeah. yeah, they go back in and they're like, "Boy, uh, Wilson is planning his bachelor party," and they're like, "It's just a like that last shot where they all look at each other and kind of grin and freeze." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know where we're gonna find to get him laid. Uh, can I tell you guys something else? I just found out about the yes. uh, Stargate show. So uh, yes. the original series. Uh, has a slightly altered canon, but it has all the same care, like all different actors playing the same characters, but all their oh, names are spelled differently. <laughs> what? So oh, it's like God. a slightly different universe, but it's all different actors. They have the same exact names, but it's all different spellings. Uh, so that's a huh. weird fact. That is uh, a fascinating choice. I hate that. Yeah. So uh, instead of like, well, maybe just going through the gate changes you. Yeah, oh, I mean, well, is like it, it is it like a you know a Star Trek teleporter thing where it, you know it destroys you and yeah, there did <laughs> have. This is so minor, and no one ever wants to talk about it with me. But I love computers <laughs> on in the background of scenes and what they say on their monitors. And so when the guy walks, they have a bunch of '90s computers plugged into the Stargate. A guy walks in, and the computer pops up like molecular disintegration beginning mm. like why how did what did that computer know how, what do you the earth team having weight being way too busy on this drug totally totally I, like what who who wrote the operating system for this military computer that can tell when this alien technology is molecular disintegrating I, like i love the giant plastic map of the universe uh <laughs> to locate where the staircase leads that was a good build that was a real like. No, that's, that's a fun one. Why did you spend company money on that? That's not going to pay off. Just shut up. It's going to pay off. Yeah. No. No. It's no. But it's got computer guided pointer that'll go across this physical transparent map of the universe. Look, it shows Actually, an infinite three D space in flat duty. Oh. <laughs> it's great. It shows you. 
Okay, so also I just I just want to say this is so minor, but I hate James Spader's character so much in the first half of this movie. Like he's such a douchebag. So they bring him in and he's like, he sees their translation of the hieroglyphs. And he's like, these translations are stupid. Who did this? You, you're an idiot. And then he changes the translation from a hieroglyph. He changes from door to heaven to Stargate. Fuck you, dude. It's the same thing. You didn't improve on his translation. You're just being a douche. It's like, and then like three minutes later, he's looking at a computer monitor and he draws on it a symbol with a permanent marker. You just ruined that guy's workstation for no fucking reason. Taxpayers' money, also. What he's ruining. This is such a douche. This is a guy who, when we first meet him, he's on stage going, "Look, the Egyptians could not have built the pyramids. They were way too stupid to do that. <laughs> There's no way these yeah. people could have done this. Uh, There's no way they could have possibly stacked these rocks. I do love the movie cliche of uh, a, like a scientist no one takes seriously, and then yeah. just some shadowy figure opens a code door for them not even just that he don't take seriously he's giving a talk he's giving a lecture full of adults so it's like some sort of conference he's giving a talk and they just heckle him and then walk out in the middle of the talk and then his response is maybe there's a lunch like he has no concept that he sucks no one he's it's never gotten through to him that maybe he sucks there's there's a you're being heckled at your own conference i so desperately wanted this to happen in that scene though where he's like so who built the pyramids and everyone's like looking around he's like the jews and then everyone starts laughing (laughs) (laughs) have you seen them try to put ikea furniture together (laughs) (laughs) he's just such a weird yeah it is a fun trope and and like it doesn't dwell on any of those terrible things about him it just moves on but like what i would never want to work with a dickhead like that how dare you say stargate the real thing is porthole to space what are you telling me that you put this through bing translate and not google god you're (laughs) (laughs) you moron yeah man what a douche also yeah also the the point you're making is that his theory is also based on racism and then the movie is like but it's true yeah they, yeah yeah richard kind should have been like oh i'm sorry i was too busy uh it was hard to get the translation right when you're neck deep and pussy all the time you know well also <laughs> also the whole thing is that they had to they had to bring in this whole team of translators they had to run a series of computers and all these computers working to do the thing that ancient egyptians were just able to do do you know what i just with realized? the stargate i just when you were like what did you watch this week i watched arrival again a couple nights ago this oh. is first arrival <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very similar to Arrival. It's Arrival without any of the nuance or like interest, like actual, like the, what you were asking for, Alex, at the beginning, the sort of procedural nature of like what would happen if we made contact with aliens. That's literally what Arrival is. I love know? Arrival so much. Yeah. It's the third time I've seen it. It's so it's good. really good, but the, you, the, you're missing the main difference, which is that the alien spaceship is rounded instead of pointy it's a different shape it's not a not a pyramid jay, it's a different shape jay davis yeah. is a little bit shorter than like 50 feet too wait right? also isn't this also a lot like contact no no contact oh. is contact would be if they spent two hours building the stargate 
and right, right, right. dealing with religious fundamentalists saying we shouldn't and government and I just oh man, all I remember about contact is the is the scene where they're like, Oh yeah, we have another one. Yeah, my favorite thing Yeah, is- why build one when you can do twi- two for twice the price? Like that's my main takeaway from that movie, is well, just the government builds two. No, the a scientist builds one in secret because he wanted one. Yes. That's that's why. He's not it's not the government oh, okay. building twice. I thought the government built the extra one in that movie. No, no, it's the millionaire who's already in space at the end. Mm. I, I've seen contact once ten years ago. I'm surprised yeah, I've retained all this. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, but well, anyway, I did. Yeah, Arrival was so good. I liked that a lot with those fun symbols and stuff. And then they kill one, and then they, and they're so mad about it. No, they're understanding. What are you talking about? They, they no. At first, they're like, "You killed our friend with a grenade, you dickhead." Oh, that's not. What? No, that doesn't happen. Yeah, you in Arrival? Yeah. No. no. Oh, yeah. I, there's like, I see what you're saying, but like, they don't. I don't think they killed the alien with the when the bomb goes off. Yeah, the alien is like. We don't understand death because it doesn't happen normally. Why oh, did you do they, that? They know death. They know they're going to die there. Like he, okay, he goes he there. He's in the death process. Yeah, he goes and, there knowing he's going to be killed. It's all. Yeah. They, I love that we were so we worried did about. Grenade. I remember. Okay, anyway, we got to move no, on. I just um, love that we were so worried about spoilers and the what you've been watching. Now we're just out here talking about arrival shit. Uh, well, look, I don't mind. I don't mind saying that there's a grenade. Um, I don't feel like that's too much. Um, right. It's a bomb box. Yeah. It's a no bomb box. It's a bomb box for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I last thing um, is I think my favorite line in the movie is "Take a look at your gods," where they thought they were gods, and then it turns out just to be hats, and they're like, they never noticed that they looked like people with hats, and so then they get the way they get the uprising to happen. He's like, "Look at your gods," and it's just a dude with a hat, and it's just. Well, I mean, it's very funny it, to me. It, it was, There's just people with hats. No, I mean, technically, that was Demon Hatsu, who is also like a fucking kind of a living god. Uh, Unclear to me what they were, but they were just people with hats and no tummy armor. No, and every one of them got shot in the stomach. I'm saying that actor was is Demon Hatsu, who is in a bunch of stuff. He's in Gladiator, Amistad, oh, Guardians yeah, yeah. of the Galaxy. He okay. is fucking a really good actor. Uh, and so him being that, I'm like, yeah, I'd buy he's a god. He's a big, beautiful man. Great actor. But he's just a hat. He's just a hat. Um, all right. Uh, well, so here's my last question on our way out. Does this make you want to watch more Stargate franchise, or are you good? Uh, I'm good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer. I'm pretty sure I saw this in 94, and I haven't wanted to watch any extra Stargate since then. Uh, so I don't think this uh, re- it didn't push you into it. It's not going to push me to do it. Interesting. I I enjoyed it very much, and I'm glad to know about it. And I am curious all like the ways you could go with this because it's so open. It's just a gate; you can go anywhere. Like, I and watched, I'm curious. Uh, the, the word Atlantis really gets me going, though. When you met, when you said one of them, there's a gate, and it says Atlantis. Is it? There's a water planet. I don't know. I'm up for it. Jason more, Momoa, more people. Jason Momoa is there. Jason Momoa is there. Who's always yeah. underwater? That's yeah. one of the rules of his acting. Uh, but no, like I'd watch like a good if I heard it was good, like a good reboot of Stargate. I do think it's like a fun enough premise mm. that like i'd watch another movie about people going through a stargate that's cool uh but i'm not gonna watch a show um okay okay well our sponsor will be disappointed to hear that but um i appreciate so much that we got to go on this journey together about it 
thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, and thank you especially to Shannon for sponsoring our day of stargating and just hanging around, looking at the gates, looking through the gates, seeing what everyone's up to on either side of it. Thank you for bringing this to us. Yeah. Um, Anthony, better or worse than Balloon Fight? Uh, I I like, I mean, it definitely lasted longer, so that was a good punch. That's true. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and I, I'm not as cold afterwards. Yeah, I, but I would, I'll take Stogate over Balloon Fight any day of the week. Actually, the best part of this is I didn't have to pick up small pieces of balloons afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but thank you so much for the for the good time and the fun discovery, Shannon. Um, if you want to sponsor an episode, send us an email, podcast at read-weep.com, and we can talk through the process. If you just have a money you don't need and you want to hear us talk about something from your life that you're interested in, we would love to do it. So get in touch. You can also send us feedback on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we'll be back next week, of course. Next week, we're talking about something spooky. So this is going to be, I guess, my third spooky thing this year. But um, we're going to be watching the 1977 Italian film Suspiria. That's going to be our our uh, international horror film of the month. So I to hear what you're gonna what you're gonna think of that. I'm not gonna like it. You're gonna get a little spooked. It's, I'm gonna get so spooked. Just, I mean, I don't know anything about it except that Anthony wanted us to do it. I like the year. Um, I like that it's in the 70s because that means it's not going to be as brutal as a lot of things in the uh, 90s. Right? I mean, this is 70s Italy. It's going to be pretty fucking brutal. I, I mean, there is a lot of blood on the poster, so I'm not happy about that. Um, but yeah, we're going to learn about Dario Argento and we are going to get... I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be upset. It's going to ruin my evening for sure. Uh, but this is the time. This is what everybody wants. So... That's what we're going to do next week. We'll be full on Spookaduke. And um, yes, I'm sorry to everyone who's going to have to listen to me complain about it. Um, But you've gotten used to it. Thank you for hearing me complain today. Thank you for hanging out with me. uh, And especially on behalf of Shannon. Thanks for hanging out with us, Phoebe. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And uh, Um, I'll gladly take whatever anyone wants me to watch forever. So... Yeah, I think the next thing that you do for the show should be like, we pay you a million dollars and you're mad the whole time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a good podcast idea. If you want to sponsor anything that she would hate for a million dollars. That's actually fine. If anyone wants to sponsor a movie you think I would hate, uh, I would fucking love to do that. I mean, that's what we did that for years and years, and eventually okay, it destroys your brain and you need I, to change. But I watched the. Uh... Cut out for you is so much fun. So, <laughs> I watched the first 10 minutes of Cats this week and had the tap you out. You did? Uh, but yeah, I'm going to sit down and watch the rest of it soon. But I Oh, man. I did like a live podcast recording of it. It's the fucking worst. Yeah, it's People not really, Anthony, our people really want us to watch it. Our, our listeners yeah. really want us to I see mean, Cats. And I've said no so many it times. It is such a, like, the, the the shit going into it like uh the way it it looks crazy because he shot it like a lunatic like the fact that they didn't they weren't wearing mocap suits they were singing live all this weird crazy stuff uh that caused the movie to be such a disaster is super interesting uh yeah you know the fact that the movie got got pulled and then fixed and then re-uploaded like it's a kanye track is insane (laughs) it's just uh yeah it's wild the scale is crazy like they constantly go from like the size of mice to like the size of five-year-olds it's okay so bizarre. 
so the, what happened was, Anthony, you may recall a couple weeks ago, you got a new kitten. Yes. And we talked about well, it. I, and Hunter was talking about his new kitten. Yeah, I saw the Twitter thread. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm just telling everybody else, though. I'm getting everyone on board. So what happened was um, that happened. And so Anthony talked about his cats. So then the people were saying we should do an episode just where we talk about our cats. And I was like, yes, we will do that. That sounds fun. And then everybody, uh, everybody in the world tweeted back to say, well, there is a cinematic masterpiece about cats. It should be that. And so we got a bunch of requests for cats, and I said no so many times. But if you're going to watch it anyway, I don't know, well, maybe. Honestly, I like the idea more of, like, you should have to get a cat, and then we can all talk about a cat for an episode. Uh, oh, interesting. I, so first you wanted me to get a Switch, and now you want me to get a cat. I think you should get a Switch and a cat. They're very good oh. for when he's cuddling on you, sleeping. You can play with Switch. Play a Switch, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, well, so these are possibilities. So either either and or I will get a Switch, get a cat, or watch the movie Cats. Yeah, one of Some them. combination of those three. One or all three of those things is going to happen, and we'll yeah. do an episode about it later. The movie Cats is going to take the biggest toll on your life in terms of, <laughs> like, like, drastic effects. That I, do, I do know, we, you know, we're not actually with our lease. We're not allowed to watch the movie Cats. Oh, that makes sense. So, you know, it's hard to get that out of the room. Because we have hardwood floors. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Anthony, thanks for coming back to talk to you again. Uh, this is fun. And... We'll talk to everybody next week with Spooky Time, and Hunter will be back, and it'll be spooky and and crazy. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.